Okay. But anyways, it's to kind of get a feel for what a warrior is, what the ultimate warrior is. And obviously, that's Lauren. So if you want tips on warrior lessons, go to Lauren afterwards. But does anyone know what a warrior looks like? That guy, Lauren. Do we, do we have computer tonight? Is our Oh, oh yeah, there's, there's one. Let's look through some warriors. Little, little knight guy next. Samurai, if you can see him, it's really bright in here. We always wonder what, you can go ahead. We always wonder what a warrior would look like. Hi, guys. There's something up here. Just letting you know. But, um, yeah, we always wonder what an, a warrior would look like. And these are some pictures I found whenever I looked for a warrior online. And these are the good ones, so no worries. But next. Um, these are different pictures of what you might think a warrior might look like if you ever seen like a warrior movie or something on TV. Go into the next one. It's just different things. 300, you think, oh yeah, you can't get much more beastly than 300 Leonidas. But these are some pictures of warriors and what we think warriors look like. You can go on to the next one, I think. Yeah, this is a modern day warrior that we don't see a lot. But like this guy right here has been fighting for our country for years now. The thing is, we don't think about them too much as being warriors, but they're very much warriors these days. Um, go ahead to the next one. This one's kind of cool. He's like a Christian warrior, you know, with a cross on the shield and stuff. I thought that was really cool and appropriate for what we're trying to be. Oh, I can hear myself better. Um, sorry, ADD kicking in. But uh, this is kind of what I'm, I'm getting at tonight is you've seen pictures of warriors tonight, what warriors look like. But we kind of think... Oh, well, they're warriors. We're, we're nothing like them. I mean, they're a different breed of people. They were raised on a different planet, came to our planet to save us from the bad people. And, you know, we'll never be like them. There's no way we can ever be like them. Does anyone know an example of a warrior besides who are sitting in this room? Who? Your stepsister. Hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes you a fighter. What about historical warriors? Who, who, who do you think of in history that you think, oh, George Washington. I actually thought about him. I just didn't think he was as cool as the others. But any others? Who? Alexander the Great. He's pretty beastly. I'm not going to lie. Anybody else? No? no? Who? Your Hagenon instructor. I know by experience. That guy has bullet holes in his arms. Okay, I'm not joking. But Who? Sure, sure, we can go. <laughs> He's got bullet holes in his legs and tigers and rhinos on his arm. But anyways, <laughs> but here's the thing. What, what are warriors known for? They're known for going out and changing things. They change countries. They change, they fight for something, don't they? They go out and just conquer lands and you know, free people, and they're what everybody kind of dreams, you know, if, if, if someone walked in the room that was trying to harm everybody, I'd be a warrior, I'd stop them, you know? We all have those dreams, right? Anybody? Or am I just alone up here on my pedestal? Thank you, last nigger. But um, here's the thing. What makes us so different from warriors? What makes us so different from those people who can change a country and get thousands and thousands of men to follow them. Is, what was that? They have bombs. Well, yeah, that does count for a lot of it, but 
It's not exactly what I'm looking for. Persuasion. You got to want it. Okay. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of things that go into being a warrior. I mean, obviously, you can't just snap your fingers and be some mastermind, crazy, psycho guy who changes a nation. No. It doesn't happen that way. Warriors are made up of a lot of things, but I'm going to show you about four things that I thought in order to apply to our lives, we can become warriors too. And there's no telling what we can do once we become a warrior. The first thing is we're supposed to be different from everybody else. A warrior is not like everyone else. It's not like everyday people that you see walking down the street. Something in their life has caused them to look at the regular life and go, I want something more than that. I don't just want to be the normal person. I don't want to be a regular person. I don't want to be a follower. I want to lead. Something has caused that person to turn away and say, I want to go for something more. They oftentimes want to serve a greater purpose than just normal people. They just don't want to live and die and just have a normal life. They want to shake things. They want to move the world in a different direction. This is how we can apply that to our lives. We're called to walk a different path and follow a path of righteousness rather than the world. Now, you'll hear in the Bible lots of things about different paths and different ways you can go. Now, this is talking about the path to destruction and the path to righteousness. Where do they say the path of destruction is? It's wide, very wide. Okay, The path to heaven is very narrow. But are they the same path? No. See, we can follow, the world wants us to follow one path. And that tells us that we can be happy, we can have everything we ever wanted, and we can just stay on this path for the rest of our life, you know, just don't worry about it, we'll get to it eventually. But a lot of times we get caught up on that path, and we don't focus on the other path that God wants us to have. God wants us to take a step on the other one. He wants to, us to strive to be like Him. Even in the Bible it says, He's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He's not just saying that, yeah, I'll, I'll show you where to go. He's saying he'll help you see what's ahead, help you know where to go, and help guide you through these paths of life. Now, there always comes a point where these, if you're going on the same path, there comes a point when it changes. You have one way to go or another way to go. And at this time, you might have to go the world's way, which I used this in my last little sermon, but I'll do it again. You stand at this microphone. It's not on. This is the world's way. It's got a little red thing on it. Or you can stand at this microphone. It's also not on. It's got a little blue thing down here. Jesus' way, the world's way. You have a point where you get to make the choice. And you can choose to be like everyone else, be a part of the world, or you can choose to be different. That's where a lot of warriors are born because they don't want to settle for the regular thing. They would rather take a step on the edge and go for something more than that. Now, it's hard. When you walk on one path, you got to stay diligent that you don't fall on the other one again. I mean, what happens a lot of time? We get on a path or a kick for Christ, and we think, oh, well, yeah, this is going to last forever. I'm never going to fall. And then we fall, and we think, oh, no, it's over. I'm never going to get back. But that's not the thing. If we fall, are we supposed to stay down? No. We're supposed to get back up, get on the right path, and follow God. He wants us to be different than the rest of the world. We're not called to be the same people. He blessed us by removing us from this little, this road right here covered with sin, mud this high. You don't want it. It's, it's bad. This sin over here is, ugh. 
this road over here is nice and clean. He's picked us up out of this and put us on this road. It's much easier. Makes the world happy place. You'll love it, I promise. I'll bring you a brochure sometime. But he takes us out of the sludge of sin and puts us on a firm, well, I got quiet, a firm foothold, okay? Now, he wants us to be different, but like this will show you. In karate, uh, my dad can attest to this, Michelle can attest to this, whoever likes karate can attest to this. We have a saying, we, we say, we walk a different path, which means that we don't do what everybody else does. We don't follow the regular trends of karate. We don't follow the regular trends of life. We eat different. We act different. We fight different. We live different. And this is, this is a picture, I always see it, of how I should live with Christ. I mean, I shouldn't just say one thing and then just be like, okay, I'm a new creature. Now let's go back to what I was doing before. No. Once we're a new creature, we move past Everything that we were that was sinful and our sinful desires, do we still have them? Yes, but we have a greater ability to get out of them because God's helping us. Like Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but ye, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, whenever I see this, I, this just seals the deal for me right here because... It's just like, you have the option. You have the option to be conformed to the world. But God wants us to be transformed and be renewed and be follow His, God, uh, follow his will and get back on the right road. That's the thing. He gives us a choice. Oh, I mean, warriors obviously make choices to be different. Exodus 33.1 And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence. Thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed I will give it. Now, this I, a lot of people say, why would you use that? That doesn't have anything to do with what I'm saying. Well, what stands out to me is, oh, it's still up, I didn't know that. Um, what stands out to me is that he's calling a whole land of people to be different. He's not just calling one person, two persons. He calls the body of believers to be different. And he calls us out of the wilderness into the promised land. He's calling us to walk a different path. Now the second thing. We're called to be devoted. Now, in every movie you see, warriors are on a side, don't, aren't they? They owe allegiance to some king, or they have some idea, or they have some principle that they go off of. They don't just think, well, I like this, so I'm, I'm going to go fight the world for this. No, they owe allegiance to something. We can use this. We need to devote ourselves to God. We can devote ourselves to a higher standard and a higher responsibility. And we can bring the word and message to the whole world by just devoting ourselves. But like I said, a lot of times we'll get so wrapped up in things of the world. I know as a senior right now, we're worrying about we just got finished with the play. We're going through the rest of May with work. We're heading to graduation. It's lots of work and everything. Lots of homework. But a lot of times that will throw us off of our spiritual journey. I know me. Me personally. I have a problem with getting distracted, as you can tell, with, with the stuff shutting off. And there's still something up there. But um, I have a problem with getting distracted. And this one is probably one of the hardest ones for me. Because... I'm not afraid to die for my beliefs. I'm not afraid to die for God. But it's, 
a lot of times I'll get so wrapped up in me that I'll forget that the focus is supposed to be on God. Now, all, warriors are all, always willing to do what it takes to guard and protect that certain something, whether it be a kingdom, whether it be a king, whatever it takes. They're usually willing to lay their life on the line or else there's really not much purpose for them being there. See, God wants us to bring his word to every inch of the world. And, I mean, he calls us to be disciples unto all the nations and make believers out of all the nations. Now, I don't know about y'all, but every, every day I wake up, I'm not always thinking about that. I wake up and I get distracted with things of the world. Oh, i got to make up homework because I didn't do it last night because I was too tired from karate and all this stuff. And I get distracted. Now, see, it's not, it's not that easy to be extremely devoted by some, to something. It takes a lot of work. The Word of God makes us different. And the only way to maintain such a powerful object and force is to continue to be devoted to it. Now, whenever I say devoting ourselves to it, I don't mean God is saying, I'm going to chain you to that floor, and you're going to be devoted to doing what you're supposed to do, and you're never going to move. You're going to stay there and be good, and you're never going to have any of the goodies over here. It's not what I'm saying. It's not a punishment to be devoted. It's not bad for you. It's not, it's not such a horrible burden. You think, oh, I've got to be devoted okay, well, i got to clear all this stuff. I can't do anything. i just got to be devoted all day long. Well, here's the thing. It's actually a blessing and strength. Yes, we still have our normal lives. Yes, we can still do the things. But now that we're devoted to Christ, everything He wants for us, we're going to love. We're going to desire it. We're going to follow that. Um, Coach Champion, if you all know him, he... He spoke not too long ago, and um, he told me in my second period class, he said, yes, I love sports, and he said, but sports got in the way of my relationship with God. Whenever he finally cleared that out of the way and became full in his relationship with God and gave up everything else, God used sports in his ministry. Now, he's up in Tennessee running a sports program, a sports program ministry. Now, see, God will... I mean, you're, he will turn your desires to, to him. He'll turn your desires to godly ones that you want to follow. It's not saying you're going to sit over there, you're going to eat the same thing every day, you're never going to do anything different, you're going to read your word and just be good. No, we can enjoy life. We can enjoy the things of the world while still being devoted to him. It enriches it. It makes it stronger. John 14, 5. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you. Now, what this is kind of telling me is, he's going to comfort us. He's going to be with us. God isn't just saying, do this, and just stay over there, and you're never going to have this. He's going to comfort us. He's going to give us our, the desires of our heart if our desires ser- serve Him. What I'm saying is, God wants us to have what we want and everything, but He wants us to have it through Him in a proper timing and His proper will. Now, the, a perfect example, and I don't know if any of y'all know who this is, but uh, Tim Tebow. Uh, the Florida fans just let out a little sigh of relief there. Um, yeah, boo, Florida. Just, just by the way, Tennessee is the best team on earth. 
But anyways, that, that was not the way it was supposed to go. But, uh, but anyways, Tim Tebow, as much as I might not like the Gators, I'm an FSU boy slash Tennessee. Uh, you might say uh, whatever, but it's awesome, okay? Best life ever. But um, anyways, <laughs> I might not like the Gators, but Tim Tebow caught my eye because, yeah, he's, he's not your average football player. And he's not your average football player that goes, hey, I believe in God. Now I'm going to play football and I'm gonna, my life is going to be about that. But whenever I'm in a press conference, I'll still mention God. No, he lives it through everything he does. I heard recently, I can't remember what his name was, but um, some famous person, I, I don't even know who it is because I didn't care enough, but um, some famous person put out a, a bounty of $1 million to whoever, could, like, whoever girlfriend could say that she's been with him put out a million dollars on the line just for that. And has any come forward? None yet. See, that's, that's the kind of devotion. I'm not saying that we all have to be celibate and live in our little holes and never see a girl. Guys, girls, you can... Anyways. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but, um... He, he shows you how to be devoted right there. He is a good example in current day society of how to be devoted. It's not just like some old school, you see someone thousands of years ago that you'll think, well, he was devoted, but I can't, I can't get a clear enough picture of him. Just turn on the sports center, you'll see him 15 times a day. I mean, he lives it. They mic'd him up during the entire game to see if he swore or did anything. He was singing, Jesus loves me before the game started while he's warming up, throwing football, singing Jesus Loves Me. The entire game, he got sacked 30, a lot, a lot of times. Like, every play was a sack. And he would get up, and he'd be like, man, good job. And the guys would be like, man, I've always dreamed of playing against you. And it's just like, who is this guy that can do that? Why can't that be me? But that, that shows you, <laughs> that shows you true devotion right there, because while he may have the entire world in his hand, he could have literally whatever he wanted. And the world would accept him. They wouldn't. Yeah, he'd get criticism, but they'd be like, ah, he's just one of us, let him in. But he doesn't want that. He's devoted himself to a higher calling. He's devoted himself to Christ, which is very hard for someone that has many options as he does. But that's a perfect picture of devotion right there. Now, I'm going to give you a little taste of the opposite effect, which I, I stumbled across this verse, but it's interesting. It's um, Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. Now that's pretty harsh. But were these people devoted? These were the people... If you're not devoted, you're lukewarm, right? You say, yeah, I'm devoted to this, I promise. Ooh, that looks good. Uh, I'm, I'm devoted. Oh, man, that, that, mm, I could deal with me some of this, whatever this is. And <laughs> they're lukewarm people. And God says, don't be lukewarm. Either don't be devoted or be devoted. He'd rather you be all into devotion or all out of devotion. He'd rather you be in devotion, but don't be lukewarm. Devote yourselves. Now, this is my third point, and, well, actually, before I go to my third point, I'll stop for a second. 
These first two points are pivotal personal things we can do, right? We can say we're different. We can be different. We can devote ourselves to this standard. But are we supposed to stop there? No. We, yeah, we can do all that. But if we never put that into action, then what good is it? I mean, it's just like saying, oh, I have this super amazing food, and I'm, I'm going to, it's just amazing. You, you never had it before, but I'm going to keep it in my box, and I'm never going to eat it. I'm never going to show anybody. I'm, never, I'm just going to leave it there. And know that I have that. Yeah. What good is that? It's not serving any purpose. But that it says, like, it's difficult to, to get and then to put into action is even harder. But the thing is, we can all do it. The disciples were called specifically by Jesus, which made them different, and gave up their worldly jobs and adventures for a life with him, which means they were devoted, but they didn't stop there. No, they fought to spread the word of God everywhere they went. They even laid down their lives so that his word could get further. Now, I knew a pastor a couple years ago that stressed um, to a small group of us at a youth retreat about being men in Christ and being fighters for our faith. And he really illustrated how Peter, whenever Christ was threatened, he cut off the soldier's ear. Now the thing is, how many of us, if Jesus Christ was sitting right here and a group of soldiers came in and said, you're under arrest, how many of us would do that? Or how many of us honestly would go, I'll see y'all later, I'll be in the bathroom. If you saw a group of soldiers you know could kill you, you know could take your life, could take your freedom, could take your family, could take whatever they wanted from you, how many of you would stand for that? That's the thing. Peter, yes, he went too far. He was corrected by Jesus. But why aren't we that passionate about that happening that we have to be pulled back and saying, okay, you're a little too devoted. You're a little too devoted. Calm down. Calm devoted. Why aren't we that devoted where we're, Overly devoted. You see what I'm saying? We should be passionate about what we're doing where it's almost too much. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just, we just, we need to be willing to not only be devoted and different, but be so overly devoted and different that we put it into action. And these last two points are going to show you how to put it into action because I'm probably not doing a good job. Um, my third point is to defend. Now, a lot of you are like, you, you defend, defend. Isn't God a God of love and God of peace and everything? Yes. Warriors, look them up in history. Warriors are mostly peacekeepers and watchmen. Now, they're prepared for battle. They're prepared for confrontation and to restore peace, but they love peace. The samurai, the samurai are actually meant, their, their name means to serve. They served the emperor. They served everyone. They were peaceful people. They lived in their mountains. You go meet the creators of martial arts themselves. They're monks who live in a peaceful habitat. But they train where they could kill you and rip your head off if they wanted to. See, warriors are peacekeepers. And as much as warriors love peace and to be peaceable, there comes a time when they have to do what they're called to do. Go to war. There comes a time when we might have to defend our faith. They might have had, well, obviously they have, Chances where they had to defend their faith in order for it to go on. Or other ways, their ways aren't not known anymore. And, like, 
it's, we're always going to be tested by the world. The world doesn't like what we have. The world wants you to stay on this path. This path is nice. It'll give you everything you want. Just stay on it. Don't worry about that path. You don't see that. Just keep going. It's, this one's fine on this one. But they might even try to fight you on this path. They're going to try to pull you down. What are you doing up there? What, what is this that you believe in? They're going to fight you. They're going to fight you. They, the world is not as nice a place as people like to think all the time. Like, I wish it could be flowers and rainbows every day. And that, I wish it could be nice every day, but it's not. It's, it's, a, it's a rough place. I mean, you go out in the world, you go out to Iraq, go to the middle of New York with all your money in your pocket and just walk. Yeah, go, <laughs> exactly, yeah, and see if it's as nice a place as you think. Yeah, it's, there's no flowers and rainbows there. But um, the world is not a nice place. But we, we, we still remember there's people. Everyone we come in contact to are people we can reach. Remember, we make disciples out of all the nations, not just some, not just, I'm going to make disciples out of that nation, but that one looks scary, so I'm going to walk over here. No, out of all the nations. We're supposed to spread the word to everybody. Now see, sometimes he supports us in fights, in war. God supports war. He's not saying, always love yourself and be here and don't ever fight him. He's going to punch you in the face as hard as he can eight times, and you're just going to take it. Sometimes, if it's for the right cause, he supports war. Now, this doesn't give us a free pass to go, hey, you're saved, go punch that guy. He doesn't believe in what you believe in. No, as much as we want to sometimes, we can't do that. Now see, a warrior knows the discipline and honor that comes with it. There's a difference between being someone that says, well, hey, I believe in this. Believe in it. And there's a difference between offering what you say. There comes in contact confrontation. They might not believe what you believe in. There are atheists out there. But see, we're supposed to be prepared to defend our faith as well as just preach it. Because if we can't defend our faith, then what's the purpose? I was actually looking up something for a sermon for something not too long ago. And one of the forums was a, a blog that this guy made. And it was this real detailed 30-page long paper against Christianity and how this guy was supposedly disproving it. And he made a statement at the bottom and goes, From 2003 on, every Christian who has challenged me at arguing their faith has lost. If you would like to make a challenge, contact me. How many of us could take that challenge and defend our faith? See, that's the thing. A lot of times we'll get distracted. We, we might not be as devoted, but we come in contact with it every day. This world, this world is not all, well, I, okay, I'll believe that. Sometimes you have to defend your faith. And Jesus gives us tools that we can use in this. He gives us the gifts of discerning Scripture he gives us wisdom. He gives us insight. He gives us knowledge. And he gives us a little tool called apologetics, which I have currently come in contact to, and I actually like it. But as far as I can tell, the study of defending our belief system and finding rational basis for our faith is apologetics. It's arguing faith. It's not arguing like, hey, believe this or else. No, it's 
presenting rational basis and saying, here's the truth. And they go, wow, he actually did his homework. He knows what he's talking about. Now, see, a lot of days now, warriors are no longer needed because we don't have battlefields anymore. We don't go out on the field and shoot each other and go ham on people that we don't like. We do, but not as much. Nowadays, most of this fighting is in universities and schools where they'll tell you, well, we don't believe in that. Prove it. This is where this comes into play. How to defend our religion, how to defend our God. Now, he'll train us up in this. We just have to devote ourselves to it. He tells us all throughout the Bible. I mean, if you just pick Scripture and just go through it and just keep reading and someone confronts you with it, whatever God has given you the wisdom to understand and take from that, you can use it. I've personally found this out in confrontations that I've had where things I'll have read a couple times and be like, wow, that's really cool. I'll go back and I'll be talking to someone about it and they ask me about what I believe in and I'll talk to them about Jesus and it's just like, wow, I, don't, I barely even remember saying that myself, but there it is, it's out. God speaks through you, God uses you. And a lot of times we just, it's so crazy how he can just, at the heat, in the heat of a moment, bring something to mind. Like, half of this isn't even on my paper, but I'm still speaking, and I'm probably annoying half of you, but it's working. See, God blessed people in battle in certain instances, like David fighting Goliath. He didn't say, go up and tell Goliath, hey, Jesus loves you. Here. Okay, bye. No. He killed the joker. Straight up. He blessed him in fighting Goliath. One stone to the head, and boom. He blessed, a lot of you probably don't know about this one, but Joshua in fighting the city of A, AI. Does anyone know how to say that? Because I've been struggling with that all day. AI. AI? Well, there you go. <laughs> Figured it out. All right. But um, <laughs> he, he fought the city of I. He, he, AI. <laughs> he was sitting in the field, waited for him to wake up. They all ran outside and go, oh, we're going to crush you. You have a tiny force. And he goes, ha, you left your city open. He had secretly planted an ambush behind the city. And they all ran in, destroyed the city, cornered them, killed them all. He blessed them. He gave Joshua the power to stir the people and overtake that massive military city that would have wiped them out. But God blessed them. That's the only way you could have won like that. And another one is Gideon and the Midianites. I'm pretty sure all of you know Gideon and the Midianites, but... He blessed Gideon greatly. So I'm just going to leave it at that for time's sake. But here's the thing. Anything that's worth fighting for is worth defending. If you fight so hard against all resistance in the world to get to this one thing, are you going to let it slip away? If I fight for this pin, this is the best pin on earth, I tell you. I fight tooth and nail through 15 people to get to this pin. Am I going to be like, oh, here you go. Go ahead. Here you go. Take it. No. Anything that's worth fighting for is worth defending. Now, state championship. You know, we want to defend that. We can't because we're seniors, but anyways. <laughs> state championship, national championships, military positions. Anything that's worth fighting for, you're not going to give up so easy. If you fought for Christ, you're that much more rooted in Him. Now, here's the thing. 
someone told a wise man once told me that you can't argue Christianity, but you can word it in such a way that it opens their minds to it, and it opens them their hearts to it, and you present rational basis, defend your faith, and show them the truth, and the, whoa, I've never seen that before, that's so cool. So I'm just, just saying. Ecclesiastes 3.8, there's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time for war and a time for peace. One of my favorites is Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Now, this is not telling you to lay down and just be like, oh no, atheist, I don't know what to do. No, we train and we prepare ourselves. We put on the armor of God. We prepare ourselves for when we must defend our faith. My last point, and this one is for most people very hard to get, wrap their head around, is die. It's kind of dun dun dun. Everyone's like, <gasps> but um, a true warrior knows that one day he might have to pay the ultimate price for what he believes, which is death. You might have to give up your physical life. William Wallace fought for a free Scotland against England. Whenever they captured him, he was hung, decapitated, drawn and quartered, and disemboweled. He gave his life for his cause. I mean, I, I don't see how you get much worse than that. I'm pretty sure he was dead. Um, Patrick Henry stood for freedom against England, again, Horrible England. But um, with his famous quote, give me liberty or give me death. You have to be willing to die. Even Peter. Peter was crucified upside down, giving his life for Christ. But you know why he crucified himself upside down? Because he didn't want to dishonor. He, didn't, he wanted to bring the glory to Christ. He didn't want to be crucified the same way Christ was. He didn't feel worthy. That's what the peace symbol is, by the way. If any of y'all have ever wondered. The peace symbol is Jesus, uh, Peter being crucified upside down. Tip for the day. You learn something new every day. But um, see, we're not just called to lay down our physical lives all the time. We'll think, well, if one day someone comes up and sticks a gun in my face and says, I believe in Christ, I'll, yes, boom. You think, well, if that day ever comes. Right now, it's all good. I'm, I'm good. You know, nothing's wrong. But it's, this means more than just dying, being shot or anything else that could kill you. This means dying to our worldly selves, to our sin. Now this is what's hard, because anybody can say, yeah, I, I'd, I'd take a bullet for Christ. But every day, can you die to sin and die to the world? That's the true test. Because not many people can, and it's, you can, it's very hard. It's very hard to do that every single day. Now, whenever we die to ourselves, we're born in Christ. When we die to the world, we live in Christ. If we're dead to Christ, we live in the world. You, you can't be middle of the road. Once again, you have to be here or here. You can't have a wireless mic in the middle. 
Okay, I'm, I'm a rebel, but um, <laughs> Miss Rebel herself. But um, you can't just be in the middle here. You have to devote yourself. Devote yourself. You have to put your life in God's hands and let Him decide what to do with it. We have to die to our sins in order to live to Christ. It's just, it's for me, it's just that's that's so much to wrap your mind around as a present day person who wakes up, goes to school, goes through seven and a half hours of schoolwork a day and goes, oh sweet, I get to go home or do something after school. And you just get wrapped up in you. And it's just like, you might every once in a while say a cuss word, do something wrong and you're like, oh man, that's too bad. But it's just, do you let it continue? No, you have to switch back. You have to get back on the path. Not, not this path, the bad one. You have to get back on the right path. You see, whenever you die to your worldly sins and your worldly desires, as hard as it may be, because the world just waiting over here with bright signs and say, come over here, we, we got it good. You don't know what you're missing. Whenever you die to your worldly sins, you're alive in Christ. This microphone has everything you'll ever want. I promise. But here's the thing. And it also really comes together for me whenever you remember how much he paid himself. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He died, stayed dead for three days in a cave. Dead. That should show you right there. He's paid so much for us. Is it that much to give for our life? I mean, shouldn't we be so willing to die to our sins and to ourselves every day? Shouldn't we be just willing to, oh Lord, you've given so much to me. Please, please let me. We should be bowing at his feet. And I mean, we might never have to give our lives. We might never be martyrs. We might never die in the streets as the two witnesses in the last days. We might not. We might live perfectly happy lives and die when we're 80. If we're lucky, probably me, 60, because that's my luck. But we have to be able to sacrifice our own personal selves and worldly desires because that's what God calls us to do. Not only physically lay down our lives and say, you can kill me, I still believe in God. But every single day go, Jesus, I'm going to follow you because I'm going to lay down my life like you've laid it down for me. Now, here's, here's the thing that I think gets overlooked um, is respect those who are also martyred for their beliefs because the world today doesn't, isn't always as nice about things. They, the media and everything, I won't get into it. We'll be here all night. But it's not always as nice as everything seems. The people who are martyred aren't always as respected. Um, see, we might never get honored with some long memorial wall in the middle of Washington, D.C. I knew growing up as a little kid, I was like, man, I want to be known in the world. I want to be someone famous or someone where they'll go, you remember Dalton Haney, you know, back in the 2000s, whenever? Man, that guy, that guy was, that guy had something else. I'm, I'm never going to be Billy Graham. I mean, we might never be that famous and remembered forever, but it doesn't matter we should still keep our humbleness about us and remember 
that the, those people were true warriors for Christ because they did lay down everything that they had at the feet of Christ. Think of all the missionaries who've lost their lives and all the people who've given everything just for Jesus. I mean, Cassie Bernal at Columbine, I've actually seen different theories saying that she wasn't the one who said yes and that it was someone under the table that caused him to shoot her and trying to disprove what this girl said in the face of death. Now see, that's not honoring to me. I, I, I just don't feel that that's honoring. And I think that we should try to bring, even though we're, we're, we're devoting and we're dedicating ourselves to this and we're being different and we're defending our faith and we're going to die for our faith, never forget to honor God and bring glory to Him. Because it doesn't matter what we are in the end. It doesn't matter what I am. I, I have accepted the fact that I am God's. I know there's people who think, well, I've seen you do things that I don't agree with. I've given my life to Christ, and that's, that's all that matters. I'm going to honor God with my life as best as I can. And for everything He's done for me in my personal life, I can't imagine a better way to repay Him. Now, I'll give you some verses to back it up. John eight twenty four. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. 1 Peter 2.24 Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, which is the cross, that we being dead to sins should live in righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. It only seems fitting to me that we should honor God with everything we are, even in the face of death. I mean, I've got... Oh, yeah, a little ending. But um, I've got one more passage to read, and I'm going to have a little, little ending, and then we'll pray. But think... Think past the face value of this verse, because I found this verse, and I have to be honest, I found this for a football game, and I really wanted to go out there and hit some people. I was like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. This gets me fired up. But I'm, I'm a fighter or whatever. You can ask my dad. My dad's got on a pair of shorts for uh, karate and everything, but not on him right now. I mean, he has a pair of shorts. I have this on him. But Jeremiah 51, 20 through 26. Thou art my battle axe and weapons of war. For with thee I will break in pieces the nations, and with thee I will destroy kingdoms. With thee I break in pieces the horse and his rider. With thee I break in pieces the chariot and his rider. With thee also I break in pieces man and woman. With thee will I break in pieces old and young. I will break in pieces the young man and the maid. I will also break in pieces with thee the shepherd and his flock even the husbandman and his yoke of oxen. And with thee will I break in pieces the captains and rulers. And will I render unto Babylon and to all the inhabitants of Chaldea and all their evil that they have done in Zion in your sight, saith the Lord. Behold, I am against thee, O destroying mountain, saith the Lord, which destroyeth all the earth. And I will stretch out mine hand upon thee and roll down 
roll thee down from the rocks, and will make thee a burnt mountain. And they shall not take of thee a stone from the quarter, corner, nor stone for foundations, but thou shalt be desolate forever. Thus saith the Lord. Does anyone have a guess what this means? Like, seeing it away from face value, obviously it's like, I have my weapons, I'm going to break apart stuff, and then you're going to burn a mountain. Does anyone have any guesses what this means? You want to go ahead and talk? None? All right, I, f- I thought I'd at least have like one or two, but okay. Well, anyways, what I, th- what I, I really have taken this lately and just studied it because I knew this was coming, and it's only come to me from about two nights ago that I really saw this, and it's, it's amazing to me, is that the power of Christ, it can break apart nations and countries, break apart the world, can reform the universe. So much power can break apart nations, shatter the foundations. It can change the universe. I mean, he's saying that he is against sin and he's going to destroy it one day, reform it in the perfect world. The New Jerusalem, if you've read Revelation, it's really awesome. But um, he's going to cleanse, he's going to destroy sin and cleanse the earth. It's just amazing to me how much power is, he shows you right here is in the Word of God. It has the power to shatter nations and to shatter countries and shatter foundations, man and woman. Wars, armies, everything. It's just so much power. And it just, it talks about you can use it. This right here, this can shatter this world. All we have to do is use it. Now, actually, I I, uh, didn't speak the truth. I had one more. Uh, verse. I'm not a liar, though. I promise. Um, this is actually a really cool verse, and it's pretty pretty epic sounding. Revelation 19. Don't laugh at me because it's on my phone. Um, then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And a name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies are arrayed in fine linen, white and pure. Following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword from which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of wrath of the God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh is a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Whew, that's pretty epic. That's pretty cool, ain't it? It's not just me, right? That's pretty cool. That shows you right there. Like, I, I wish we could have played it, but I, I kind of abandoned Grayson and Ryan on Sunday. But I wanted to play the Lord as a warrior because, I mean, that just best suits everything I've been saying here. But... Just go ahead and close your eyes for a minute. We'll get ready for prayer. But God calls us to be warriors in a world full of darkness. We're supposed to bring light to a world that's just dark and filled with sin. He calls us to be different to the world. 
to be devoted to our God, defending our faith, different from the world, and dying to our sin. If we're just put into action what we hear on Sundays and Wednesdays, there's no end to what we can do. I mean, think of all the power that I just read in Jeremiah. This Word of God can shatter nations. I mean, all we have to do is put it into effect and just not just take it for granted once we leave here. Not just think, oh, that was a good sermon. Now I'm going to go home and just eat dinner, and that'll be that. This, this right here, as much as I can explain it, is... I, I can barely explain it. Just putting it into action. That's what this is all about. Putting more than words into action. I mean, there's no end to what we, we could accomplish. I think we should take the responsibility to be warriors and spread God's word like it's gossip or talk around the school, like things that we just think about during the day. Oh, that's got I got to talk to someone about that. Let's turn that into God and just we should it should be so evident that we can hardly wait to get it out of our mouths. I mean, we should be biting at the bit to tell everybody about it. Now, I just wanted to encourage you and I hope that um, y'all will listen to God's call with this because um, I really think He's doing some great things in this ministry and I really think He is blessing us in everything that we've been doing and I think He could continue to bless us. I think let's just, let's just for right now follow God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for blessing us enough to be here tonight, Lord, and hear uh, your word. Thank you for preaching through me, Lord, and uh, filling me with words to say, because I, I know I couldn't have done it, Lord. Thank you for allowing me to um, preach this word and um, bring the message to these people. Thank you for um, everything you've done for me, Lord. Thank you for everything you've done to all these people. Thank you for allowing them to be here. And I, I pray that they uh, take what they've heard tonight and put it into action. And that they do more than just take it in and just go home. I pray that they would apply it to everything that they have in life. And I pray that they would just use it to the best of their ability. And I pray that you would just be with every one of them and give them peace and rest and just help them to rest in this knowing that you're God and you have all the power, Lord. I pray that you would bless us and take us after this and help us to serve you in everything we do, Lord. In Jesus' name.